This is the show where we go deep on any year we want to, but it's just one year this time. No. <laughs> it's always one year. It's always one year. It's a, it's a year of Our the favorite week. years. I'm, da- I'm Dan. I'm Fed. I'm Brian. All right. From the intro, that was Tom Brokaw talking about the old Berlin Wall. <laughs> what was next Nobody on called there? it that. Oh, Pat Sajak show. Berlin Wall. <laughs> which happened right around the same time as the Pat Sajak sh- show, which... Some people, you know, it's neck and neck as far as historical significance. Yes, yeah. they, they, uh, the Pat Sajak show was the death knell for communism in yeah. many people's eyes. <laughs> right. Actually, I, I think a lot of people on the, they wanted to build the wall back up, I think, after seeing the Pat Sajak show. I, I can't say that. Yeah. That's Pat probably Sajak? like Pat Sajak. You, your, your brain wants to turn into Pat Sajaks? Pa- Pat, I just want I can't say Pat Sajak show. Like the, I can't say Pat the three. Sajak so, show. Pat Sajak show. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard And uh, the next on there was a little clip from Batman. Who are you? The Michael Keaton version. Michael Keaton. That kind of made Batman, that brought Batman back into the dark, into the shadows. He's uh, right. Well, Batman, uh, at least on film, was like prior to the Tim Burton version. Oh, it was, it was goofy. It was goofy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but it, uh, it had gotten pretty dark in the comic books. With, uh, right. The Dark Knight series. Yeah. The, the Frank Miller kind of uh, <laughs> quasi-fascist, yeah, definitely yeah. Republican. <laughs> yeah. Like We in like, the cultural underground kind of thought it was for us for a while, and then after a while we thought about it, and we were like, hey, wait a minute. Why, why did he spend an entire episode uh, fighting Wick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what was that last one on there? What did we hear? Oh, that was Pete Rose getting banned from baseball. That all happened in 1989. That's today's show. Yeah. We're going to talk about 1989. Yeah, so I had a, a gym teacher who reminded me very much of Pete Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it had like that, that same kind of like dullard energy. <laughs> he, he seemed somehow pitiable. I thought his name. I thought he was Johnny Hustle. What do you mean dull? What do you mean by by that? Fed. I, I think it might have mostly been the bowl haircut. Like, right. You, you, could, oh, you right. could be like explaining the theory of relativity, and if you've got the haircut. <laughs> You look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I mean, he still has it, even like as an elderly once, man. Once you do that, you know, like once you, you can't cross that Rubicon, you're there. Like, there's no. <laughs> you can't change it. Yeah. It just won't happen. Like, you go in and a team of scientists can't correct it. Right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's like getting a tattoo on uh-huh. your forehead. It's like, it's there. You've was that, that ever choice. popular? Like, when was that popular? You know? I, 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 was it ever popular? I think in the 70s, there was sort of a, a thing. Right. But, I, I, but I that's like, like cute child actors had that same Right, kind of right. Like Oliver from Brady Bunch had yeah. that hairstyle. That doesn't, that that's different. That was different. No, it's uh, very short, severe bangs. Kind of a, it was like he cut it himself. It did. Because like he that. had no time. I, he was I think hustling. Like the, the, well, he was yeah. hustling. <laughs> he wanted to look like a dummy. Uh-huh. Uh, when he was betting against you, 
Right. Oh. Right. So <laughs> he, he wanted to play. So he behaved like a rube. <laughs> it's a classic 33, 32 skidoo. That's one of the. It's the old oh. Cincinnati Sundown. Right. Or whatever you call that. Uh, Cincinnati Sundown. <laughs> I made that up. I think the, it's. Uh, no, yeah. It's, it's a Kansas the, City necktie. No, I mean, but it has to have a bowl cut. It's the. Yeah. What do you think? Haircut that, a rube. Do you think that being. Bullseye. Being a professional baseball player is all part of a long con, then? <laughs> yeah, for what, though? Yeah. That's how you rope in the pigeon. You become a fantastic baseball player. <laughs> he was a grifter going town to town on on, uh, on stock cars. Mm-hmm. And to really pull over his amazing baseball, he had to become an excellent hitter. Right. Yeah. So that was just secondary. Yeah, in a way, I think he really earned his... His ban? Yeah. You know, I was reading about it, and the commissioner did the banding. Is that, he, is that is it Mark No. Mark Shaw was the owner. No. She was the racist. And none of, well, none of you that. know, one of the racists. It, it, was, a, it was a man who's, whose name is out there. We can look it up. But um, he died, like, seven days later of a massive heart attack. Yeah. He's yeah. down by Jesus. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Well, another known bull cut. I mean... <laughs> Jesus? By some portrayals. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what portrayals? He just just one. Jesus has got like in he's Cincinnati. Got hair. I mean, what <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying that maybe that portray that is that that image is incorrect. That's why you know? the the Three Stooges. Mo is the clear Christ figure. <laughs> <laughs> that would have never been Christianity if Jesus was painted with a bowl cut. Like, people would have just, in ancient Rome, they were just like, nah. Just feed them to the lions. Fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah, but just keep, keep worshiping nah, get out of here. Aries or whatever over here. <laughs> Mars. He would have been, so he would have been banned from religion. Well, he, he was just, sort of banned anyways. Well, in many places. That's sort of his deal. Yeah. Persona non grata. <laughs> yeah. But it, then the monks, the monks had that with the... The tonsure, yeah. Yeah. You're so they right. sort of took that on. You're right. So that, I mean... They maybe, took it to its logical conclusion. It's like the bowl cut plus like a dime at the top that was totally bald. Right. I thought that was to show how not Jewish they are. <laughs> <laughs> We're not, we're right, we're not just, it's like a parody of circumcision, don't you think? Like, why? Well, it works on that level. I was going to go a little cleaner with the mocking of the yarmulke. Yeah, they're like not, you know. Oh, part, I see. Yeah, yeah, I see. It's an inverse yarmulke. Right. Really. Do I do remember in uh, high school, whenever it was, that all the kids who had bowl cuts after this happened uh, shaved their head? They were embarrassed to have their bowl cuts because of the association with Pete Rose before they wore it with pride because they're like, hey, Pete Rose. If he gave us nothing else, then Pete Rose, thank you for bringing that hair. Just like Hitler brought that little, like, just under the yeah. you know, nostril uh, mustache to it. I don't think you have to describe Hitler's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> describe it. How did that go? No. What? What do you, what do you call this part of your nose? The yeah. filtrum. The filtrum. Yeah. yeah, we call that a filtrum mustache. I thought it was like a dust brush or uh, what do they call it? Like, you know, if it's it, if it's charming. The landing strip? No, <laughs> no. Like, if it's Charlie Chaplin-esque, it's the little, it's like the a... little scamp? Yeah, it's uh, not. He doesn't have a Hitler mustache. No, he has a Michael Jordan mustache. No, Michael Jordan no. just straight up had a Hitler mustache. <laughs> that was just Michael that was just a weird thing. Basketball player? Yeah, for a little while. Yeah, he did. Yeah, think, he even think... he did like Hanes underwear commercials where he had that mustache. Huh? And it was like, like he's he's such the champ that nobody would tell him. Well, that's what I think he's trying to do. He's trying to take it upon his shoulders to bring to, to bring to make it, back. it okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Son yeah. Of a bitch. Oh, I, I missed out on that. Era. Oh, we gotta find a GIF 
Yeah. For Dan. Jife. Um, Don't start on that. Don't start on that. And, uh, yeah, so he was banned on baseball. So that happened in 1989. Before we uh, have to do it again, we also have a fourth member of the podcast. His name is Griffin. He's a dog. In case you hear him, he's acting pretty well right now. Oh, if you hear anything that you liked or you're like, what What was that? Go to theyearoftheweek.com and find out. So it'll give you a guide to what you heard. Join the discussion. (laughs) <laughs> and we should also mention that part of the show is that we have a time machine. I don't know, it's not really a time machine. It's a time time, time portal. Time portal. We, do, we don't step into it, but sometimes it just kicks into action. And, uh, you know, we get to see or and hear and talk to somebody who is living in that moment. And I think Griffin has something to do with it. He always starts to bark when it seems to about to be... There he is. Griffin turned 14 this weekend he turned 14 Um, and uh he's a freshman he's a freshman in high school (laughs) (laughs) he's he's looking forward to getting his learner's permit if anybody's seen dawson's creek it's basic it's that who is he though is he pacey is he dawson yeah i never i never saw a single episode of that show okay is he um (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna admit that we've never seen any of dan's work today (laughs) off off mic today we were just discussing daria dan's other uh these are just uh, productions I've been involved with. I wouldn't call them. Oh, yeah, work. I wouldn't call Dawson's Creek. A, a, <laughs> Dan was, of course, the showrunner in both <laughs> Dawson's Creek and was, Daria. Right, I had and, a big hand in that. Actually, yeah. I was just for the record, so people know that I did play Dawson's hand double in a scene um, where he holds some girl's hand. I think it was. It may have been Joey, but it was not. Her hand was not portrayed by her own hand. It was also portrayed by one of the stand-ins. Uh, her name was Beth. Why on earth would you have a hand double for two different... It just seems like... Plus, and look at my hand. It's like a that tiny could, That little... could be Dawson's hand. I have no idea. No, what are you talking about? No. I, I would describe your hand as uh, spidery. <laughs> Skeleton-y. <laughs> uh, anyways, all right, so Brian, bring us the headlines. I've been asked if I have any regrets. Well, I do. The Persian Gulf is no longer a war zone. January 7th, Hirohito dies, and Akihito is enthroned as the 125th Emperor of Japan. I forget that uh, Hirohito was the dude from World War II. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of, that was like kind of surprising. He really held in there. All the other combatants, I think, were dead. But didn't, <laughs> but didn't he... Um, I mean, all the leaders. Like, back in the day, he was, like, Roosevelt. viewed as, like, Hitler. He was, like, you know, like another type of Hitler. Right? Wasn't he just as bad and evil as... A lot of awful things to a lot yeah. of people around him. Yeah, yeah, I think somehow you kind of... And then, and then afterwards, he, he, he became just, like, a kind of a... He just kind of... They put well, him I think, I think they really, they like, really okay. made him kind of like the Queen of England, where they kind of took away everything he could do. Right. The United States ran Japan for like 20 years. So after MacArthur the... went in there. It's MacArthur and Hirohito in one room, and they, they wrestled. Is that what happened? Uh, it was a thumb wrestle, actually, <laughs> yeah. and there was three rounds. Yeah. And uh, Hirohito is known for having very small, weak thumbs. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's... That's, that, that's what happens with uh, that kind of inbreeding when you talk about royalty. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. It's, it's like the Habsburg jaw, the <laughs> yeah. Hirohito thumb. In fact, what I remember, and this this might be incorrect, but as he grew older and, uh, you know, like plastic surgery became more of a thing, he kept getting plastic surgery on his thumbs to make them look larger. Like that Tom Robbins book, Yeah, Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. I remember or, the yeah. Thurman character. And he, yeah, but they were just yeah. huge. Like they were big, giant, like, like basketballs. And he worked he as a, uh, at a deli counter. Yeah. <laughs> and he would put his 
fat thumb on so the deli yeah. scale. The only true wisdom consists in knowing that you know nothing. That's us, dude. Oh, Two yeah. things on February 14th. First of all, the Satanic versus controversy. Yeah. Ayatollah Khomeini issues a fatwa calling for the death of Indian-born author Salman Rushdie. The the Satanic versus. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of a magical realism. Uh, sort of experimental novel. The way I understand it, the Iranians sort of misinterpreted as an attack on Islam. I don't think he really meant it that way. Right. He's a literary artist. It was a complicated book. Its meaning was probably not apparent to uh, religious fanatics who were running around. Or maybe even himself. Well, that's true, Dan. Yeah. That's interesting. That's (laughs) something to to think and talk about. Yeah. Not now. Later, he married uh, Padma Lakshmi. I was about to bring that up, yeah. Which is... Much more offensive to that God. <laughs> well, he he suffered pretty greatly for that. I think that that turned out not to be. Cat Stevens tried to shoot him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Moving on again. <laughs> well, Cat Stevens may or may not have agreed with the fatwa, which I think I'm I'm going to give Cat Stevens, Yusuf Islam, the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he got kind of mixed up with it. And he wasn't really on board with killing someone Rusty, but he was definitely linked with that. Cat right. Stevens is sort of like what Richard Gere was to Tibetan Buddhism. Uh-huh. You know, where like he had this sudden conversion and he shocked the world. And then people started asking him questions like, hey, what about this? What about that? And, he, you know, at first he would be all on board. And after a while, it was like, hey, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I think Cat Stevens, or Yusuf Islam, turned out to be. I'm going to say he's more like Matis Yahoo. <laughs> You mean the uh, Hasidic Jewish reggae superstar? Yes. Uh, yeah. Because I think his Richard Gere had no connection to Buddhism, but I think Cat Stevens was Pakistani, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, I don't know. I think so. Hey, he still made some great records. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Even was it Mooncat and what, what's that one? Teaser and the Firecat. Yeah, I love yeah. that. They're all very good. He even had, he did a good song about uh, the uh, Indian Ocean tsunami. It's called the Indian Ocean. Recently, yeah. When that happened, yeah. <laughs> Before, Before it would have been really good. Before if, what? If he well, predicted it. It kind of sounds like a jerk if he didn't really get it out there. Right. Well, no, it could have been a warning. It was yeah. like released that day. <laughs> got it just right. We got to release this just right, <laughs> so it's not suspicious. I have this memory of, remember when the riots happened in L.A. after the Rodney King verdict? That's going to be a great year when we do 92. <laughs> it is. We'll just save this anecdote for then. But I'm pretty sure at the end of that day, on the radio, was a Tom Petty song called Peace in L.A. that he <laughs> immediately wrote and recorded, and they, like, played it that night. And it was like, the reason you haven't heard it is because uh, it was just, like, him going, like, let's have peace in L.A. And he was just strumming his guitar. Wow. I made a record for you. You guys, let's see if you have a good time spinning it. Let's all get together. That's my Tom Petty impression. It's pretty good. Let's all get together. That's better. Settle this down. Also, February 14th. The Valentine's first, Day. That's true. Dan, Dan, you're a romantic at heart, aren't you? Yeah. February 14th, the first of 24 global positioning satellites placed into orbit. Can you imagine that? The world before GPS? No. Nobody had phones or nothing to, to read it before that anyway, but like, there was no GPS in the world until yeah, February like a, 14th, 1989. It still seems early, though. I didn't know what a GPS was until... Well, I think that probably like the military... Oh yeah! Using it before us. Oh right, yeah. That's when and then they, they went, had huge supercomputers. They could say, and then then they, that's yeah. like they are like, okay, we've got this, so let's make Desert Storm happen, so we can use it. <laughs> that's a very dark interpretation. And it's probably true. <laughs> well, yeah, but fair enough, right? Because you couldn't if you're in a, trying to target something in a, a desert. 
Yeah, and, and no, that's what. Like that. Don't you remember? Like we'd watch Norman Schwarzkopf, and it was brief, and he's like, "Look at this, look at this," you know. Yeah, and then you'd see the little thing blow up, and you're like, "Oh, okay, cool." I think when I was <laughs> when I was about fourteen, I was like Norman Schwarzkopf, more like Norman Shorts off, <sighs> and I, that probably was gonna that. that, that Effectively yeah. ended that war. Yeah. <laughs> he got roasted so bad. But keep me in Thank you up. for dealing with that, by the way. Is that on your yearbook? Like your little <laughs> quote? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so GPS, 1989. Yeah. So, wait, a whole bunch went up that year? The, one. the first 24. Oh, the first 24. No, the first 24. Oh, the first 24. No, it I is see. the first of 24. You, okay. you nailed it, Dan. Yeah. I kind of have a background in GPS technology. Gibbs. No, I just have a phone. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've learned the school song by now. You better know it. Because this time, if you don't get it right, you're suspended for 10 days each. Now, is that clear? Is that clear? Yes, sir. All right, then. School song. Let me hear it. Uh, March 1st, 12 European community nations agree to ban the production of all CFC chlorofluorocarbons by the mm. end of the century. So this was the ozone hole. Yeah. Right. It's that. We, yeah. used, to, we used to all have spray deodorant. Yeah, which hair, is, which hairspray, is, Aquanet. Did nothing for anyone, as I recall. It'd just be someone squirting right guard into their arm. I just remember it, it, and it was painful. It was alcohol. So yeah. It was aerosolized alcohol. So if you were yeah. cutting your underarms, like I know you were during that time to deal right. with your emotional pain. Yeah, it was, it was a smelly time. Oh, shaving too. a lot. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. like, if you're smoking a cigarette, it would explode. As most of us yeah. were yeah. most of the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Smoking a cigarette, shaving your armpit in gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you get sprayed with that. It was, yeah. Burst into flames with your chest hair. Oh, it hurt so bad. Straight up. But it had the smell. Like, that. that's the thing. Like, you don't get that. It was like some... It smelled, I remember, it just had like this adult man smell. It was like a combination of like the inside of a car and some sort of musk that was <laughs> indefinable. But like, that's what like, you know, men smelled like. So you're like, yeah, I want that. You'd smell it and you'd be like... Phew. Oh, like it was... Bay uh, rum. <laughs> right. Drove the ladies wild, though, didn't it? Right guard. Yeah. March 13th, Tim Berners-Lee produces a proposal document that will become the blueprint for the World Wide Web. There's two ways you can go here. If you are someone who knows a lot about the internet, imagine we talked all about it and said all the stuff you already know correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're a person who doesn't give a goddamn, pretend like we're already done with talking about it. Okay. Because <laughs> either way... We are. <laughs> March 24th. Again, what a fucking year. The Exxon Valdez oil spill in Alaska's Prince William Sound. The Exxon Valdez spills 240,000 barrels of oil after running aground. So I was, I think, around 11 at this time, and I wanted to sue Exxon. Because <laughs> <laughs> I figured we could all get a payday out of it. If yeah. If they were ruining all of our earth, we could kind of like class action sue it, and the first person to file the papers would be the one to get all the money. So you saw this as an opportunity to profit. I heard I heard a cash <laughs> register sound every time I saw one of those dying birds. This actually, I think from my research into 1989, I don't know if it's going to come up on your headlines, but Saved by the Bell came out in 1989 as well and of course beyond the Jesse Spano uh, having pill problem is a very famous episode where they kind of recreate the Exxon Valdez in their (laughs) schoolyard and there's a duck where A.C. Slater is trying is nursing his best friend who suddenly like the best friend was sort of like an Oliver special guest 
This duck. It was comes. a dream. It was a dream episode in the end, I believe. No. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. No, it wasn't. Really? No. Some guy came and he wanted to build all, all these on pipelines baseline, yeah. on baseline, and then uh, baseline. for some baseline, right? Baseline. And for people who are also insane, we know that Good Morning Miss Bliss was before yeah. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, that's a given. Um, so no, what? Uh, so he um, no AC Slater. He made became friends with a duck. And he, like, suddenly loved the duck. Like, all of a sudden. Come on. Yeah. You knew that something was going to happen with this duck. And, of course, the duck died. Got covered with oil. Some say that the Exxon Valdez uh, crash disaster was a direct influence on the creation of Saved by the Bell. I don't know. <laughs> it's conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Sometimes death is better. April 2nd, WrestleMania 5 takes place in Atlantic City. Nice. This just to throw in there. I this is some some deep research. Uh, yeah, Run DMC performed. They performed a WrestleMania rap. Wow. Yeah, so they had uh that's kind of falling far. Yeah. For not them. not too far. The other celebrity guests, good amount Morton Downey Jr. and of course our fearless leader, Donald Trump, our president. What were a there. disgusting country we live in. Yeah, it's pretty Jeez. bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and the main feud heading into WrestleMania, those were between Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, the, the two battling. Man. But also there was uh, were a bunch of other people. Yeah, and, and, and surprisingly, at an event that featured Mountain, Morton Downey Jr. and Donald Trump, there's a lot of racism that went along with it as well. <laughs> yeah. It was a guy, that, like a big redneck with a baton that he carried around and would handcuff people uh, after he was done wrestling. So this it sort of sounds like that Paul Newman movie, which I've never seen, but he has to eat a bunch of eggs at some point. <laughs> And or it's like what we have here is a failure to communicate. That yes. guy. Did he wear mirrored sunglasses? Yeah. Well, no. Like so that, that thing is that like guy. A sexy car wash scene. The man with no eyes appears much more erudite than the big boss man, where he was just mainly yelling and bullying other people. He was just a big, awful bully. Okay. That actually was not where I ended up being kind of like horrified with the WWF wrestling at that time because he was partners with someone in a tag team they were called the twin towers uh and <laughs> the person's name was uh akeem the african dream so whatever you're thinking about how bizarre that's probably going to be or probably inoffensive uh-huh yes it is but also um this person who became akeem the african dream was someone else called the one man gang before then uh-huh <laughs> and the was not a gangster wasn't like a hip-hop gang member uh-huh he was like uh, looked like a biker. He was a white man. Huh. Yeah. So, at okay. one point, there's no solid explanation for why or how this happened, but during a ceremony in a, a city, presided over by Slick, his manager, and like this kind of like tribal ceremony, they turned him into Akeem the African Dream. This white guy. Yeah. And then from then on, he would wear a long dashiki and he like was an a white Akeem the... Akeem really? the, the African Dream was a white man. Now, when you were in high school, Fed, and you were wearing a dashiki, it, it, was this your inspiration? It was you... not a nod to Akeem the African Dream. <laughs> WrestleMania number WrestleMania five. five. Yeah. So I looked it up, and I looked at... <laughs> First of all, it's one of the longest... Anything with wrestling is the longest Wikipedia page. <laughs> right. Like, it's longer <laughs> there are than a lot of people are the details of, like, the fall of Japan or whatever. <laughs> it's... Huge. So I was looking at I, most of the wrestlers are dead. Yeah, they all had heart attacks. It's, Other, it's not a sport for healthy people. No, yeah. you have to be taking steroids in order to be that size. For a lot of people, have to right. be in order to mend. 
The steroids help you heal quicker, so you have to be taking that stuff so you can get in the ring the next time. They're all sweating all the time, so they're definitely <laughs> coked up. Like, right. You know, that's like a total coke sweat. I mean, they're uh-huh. huge. They're gonna sweat they could anyway, have the flu, like, but they probably yeah. don't have the flu. But not a healthy lifestyle. By this time, in 89, I'd already stopped watching the wrestling, but I used to stay up late to uh, watch uh, SNL when I was uh, like really young. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it'd be not on, and Saturday Night's main event would be on. Right. Which I got like an actual, I was excited to watch it. Like I liked it, but I, I was ashamed to watch it at the same time. Right. And, like sometimes I'd sneak off, like like if there was a TV in my parents' room, I'd sneak in there and watch wrestling. Because you'd be like, I'm better than this, but you <laughs> yeah. weren't. I didn't want anyone in my family to know that I was watching the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved some of the, I, I loved Coco Beware. If anyone who's watched, remember him? He used to do the, the oh, so Keen the Dream would also do this awful jive like walk. Okay. Like a strut that he would do. Perfect. But so which, it's just a total minstrel show, basically. Yeah, like, but like without the paint. Uh, oh, man. But I do, I, I did enjoy some of, of wrestling, so people are huge fans and think that I'm a monster for... But they would also, if you're a fan of wrestling, you would be aware of its many, many flaws. No, I mean, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little older than you, but like in, in, the, in the 80s, like... There, there was a time when the WWF was absolutely huge, and like, like Hulk Hogan was like a global celebrity. Right. But at the same time, he was wrestling against national stereotypes, like the Iron Sheik. Yeah, and the. Well, I remember yeah. my my favorite guy was Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog was awesome. black. Yeah, he, and he, he was. Who apparently he, he's like sort of a like. Uh, he, he didn't seem like like he was like a racial caricature. <laughs> no, but apparently Jesse Ventura was very racist in his commentary and say things about people like Junkyard Dog. JYD. Probably, I don't know. I drew the line at Jim Hacksaw Duggett. I just I just said no. Some brain damage hillbilly. Yeah. That was his character. I tried to like he would like have a two by four as if it were like a rifle, right? Oh yeah, you'd <laughs> march around, like, march around with a two by four. I think that's actually kind of sophisticated. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, like, I, yeah, he was funny. probably pretty savvy. But to me, as a child, I was just like that was like that was where I I don't know it was too hillbilly for me. Yeah. You know, it was like, I was too much of a snob. Like, I should have just gone with it. Yeah, you, you, you were could, from Big Flats. Yeah. I mean, uh, Hillbilly you kn- Hall. You knew it was for dirt balls. Yeah, like, it was just like, yeah, it was like dirt balls for dirt balls. <laughs> like, you know, like, at least, like, Hulk was just like this cartoon, you know, or Andre the Giant was like a cartoon. Hack saw Jim Duggett. I think it's Duggan. Duggan. Well, whatever. But those Duggan things, were, those things always existed, though. It's the most appealing type of violence to like a, a kid where it's like just over the top like they're doing extraordinary things like leaping off of stuff and see the people. violence wasn't that's not what it was for me the storylines were. it was the storylines that the I romance. liked yeah. I liked the romance yeah <laughs> well the beautiful Elizabeth yeah this was uh, Macho Man about Macho Man's girlfriend girlfriend wife and Hulk Hogan they had like a they were buddies and then all of a sudden they broke up because of her because she started taking care of the Hulk because Hulk's feelings got hurt or something. I think it's part. I think part of the Twin Towers right. match caused. So she, it. but they, whenever she was around, they would play like the Queen Elizabeth soundtrack, <laughs> whatever that you know, ba 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 ba, whatever. Hail to the Queen, whatever that shit is. <laughs> they would play that. I, I just remember some storyline where the guys like, oh yeah, she, he picks some girl out of the audience and then he's like, who's your boyfriend? And she's like, you never beat him up. And he's like, yeah, whatever. What's his name? And she's like, Jake. 
the snake. And they're like, what? No, that, no, that's actually, that's, that's he, he really got, good writing. Yeah, he, got, he came running out. <laughs> and and it, goes to. it killed, yeah. People went nuts. Yeah. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. May 27th, the album Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul tops the hip-harp hip harp charts. I love the hip-harps. <laughs> Certainly that's been a genre that's been tried at least once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's, it's definitely... Joanna Newsom and uh, Shiggy. It's de- it's de- yeah, it's definitely an album. <laughs> yeah, it's like three ladies that are dressed in Renaissance fair garb. But that's not the album we're talking about. It's the Three Feet High and Rising. What does that mean? What is that from? It's, it's from uh, it's from like an old cowboy song. Right? Yeah, it's like Bloodwaters. Yeah, Nine Rising. That's right. How high is the water, Mama? I think it was a Johnny Cash song. I think it was like a saying before that. Though. Three feet is drowning water. No, it's just well, on it's, the way it's getting up. worse, man. Oh, it's getting worse because you could drown in a teaspoon. I heard you can drown. You can drown. In a, I don't know about that. You could drown in a dry ditch. If, if you got shrunk down to the size of an ant, you could drown in a bottle cap. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's I another Fed's obsessions. Is I could get drowned in my emotions. No. <laughs> you get lost in emotions. At least lost in emotions? Cassera, Cassera. My, my, my uh, senior year of high school was the 1989-90 year I graduated in 90. I remember this record being... Like, like I also kind of remember later on when everybody was suddenly into alternative rock. You know, it was like the grunge period and all that. I remember uh, Three Feet High and Rising being kind of a revolution. Like, suddenly, all like I grew up in Loveland, Colorado, uh, not a particularly diverse place, and suddenly we were all really interested. Mainly Haitian. Mainly, <laughs> yeah, we we <laughs> we were mostly Haitian Creole. Well, they were like Akeem, the African Dream, <laughs> right? But also all white. Yeah. So the, these three guys that made perfect sense to them. <laughs> the, these, yeah, just, <laughs> these three guys from New York were suddenly really fascinating. So, like I said, I was in high school. We had this computer lab with a bunch of like early Windows computers and describe computer lab for our listeners. Yeah, people people don't understand. Picture thirty five computers. Each one of them probably worth like four thousand dollars at the time. <laughs> and the whole thing was some sort of donation from Monsanto or right. something. Yeah. And uh the the worst thing my brother ever did in high school was he and a female friend of his were messing around in the computer lab and there's a startup sound that the computers would play. If you knew how to change the startup sound, you could record a sound right. and make it so that your recording was, it was the startup, startup sound. sound. Right, yeah. yeah, I love that. And it was great. We were all really into Three Feet High and Rising. And my my brother and his friend, I can't remember her name, recorded um, themselves doing a rendition of De La Orgy from Three Feet High and Rising. So she was just making sort of like shrieking orgasm noises in the background. And he was going, what's my name? What's my name? Flip over, flip over like that. So they recorded the sound and they put it on all the computers in the computer lab and the way I heard the story, the class walked in, turned in all the computers, and all the computers in the computer lab started making that sound at the same time. <laughs> Somehow, 
They immediately traced us to my brother. <laughs> <laughs> It was suspended for like two weeks. And then when I got home, my brother was like two years younger than me. I got home, my mother and her friend from across the street were laughing their asses off at the story. And my mother told me, don't tell him I was laughing about this because when he gets home, he's in deep shit. <laughs> Why were you home? You were already suspended? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Computer crimes. That's pretty good, though. Yeah, 1989. This is the mayor talking. All right, all right. Doctor. Come on, what, what? Always do the right thing. That's it? That's it. I got it. I'm gone. June 2nd, Dead Poet Society, a movie starring Robin Williams, premieres to great fanfare and to, uh, I remember this movie as being inspirational to young lads like myself when I saw it three years later, VHS. I, I saw it in the theater. Yeah. I think we got I it. I was right in the target audience. Mm. That movie meant a lot to me when I was a kid. I, I don't mean to be a... Uh, Sentimental. Yeah, but... But you can be. When I was a kid, that, that movie meant a lot to me. Why? I was a young idiot. Right. I, I, you know? You were a live poet. That's right. Society. Because oh, unto one. I, I wanted to uh, be in a class like that. I right. wanted to have a teacher like that. I wanted to be inspired like that. I never really was. Yeah, because you're like uh, in a class where you're like, hey, Brian. Yeah. Hey, Brian. We can throw some sponges in the toilet and try flushing. <laughs> that was pretty much my life, yeah. That was your teacher. <laughs> Wait a couple, check this out, you can get back right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah that's Brian's. And, yeah. And, and you're watching this. Did you have any oh. friends to watch this movie with? Or you sat in a room by yourself, Clockwork Orange style, like just watching this movie yeah. thinking, why? I started by pinning my eyelids <laughs> open. Because uh, you thought maybe you could make this your life. I agree with Eugene. I didn't find it funny, and I found it less and less funny as it went along, and as poor Bernie was dragged around. July 17th. It's the first test flight of U.S. Stealth Bomber. That was a huge deal. They talked about the Stealth Bomber ad nauseum at the time, I remember. I think right. because it was very expensive, it was like a billion dollars, right? Oh, right. build one of them. Each like, flight of the thing cost a hell of a lot of money because they had to repaint it with that special paint and the fuel was like more expensive than single malt scotch or something. And... <laughs> Which, I guess, if you're kind of already in a war, you wouldn't use it if you're already in a war, really, because, you know, the skies would be so hectic anyway. So this is like just to have it so you could just Say you have it. Sneak behind the fence and deliver a payload down uh, Qaddafi's shorts. Was this was this the thing that like? <laughs> That's I, day. Oh my shorts! It's <laughs> another day of letterman quote. There. Stealth bomber was that like the thing that uh, people thought were flying saucers in Nevada? Potentially, I think yeah. since we've had a flying aircraft, people have believed flying aircraft. Well, I think flying saucers. I was just listening to something about this before um, about you know the whole flying saucer idea. Like, why did they think that these rotating Discs. Yeah, like flying plates. Yeah. Why did that seem like the way to go for spacecraft back then? That people were just traveling through the galaxies, spinning around. <laughs> just like, ah, like, like yes, one of those, car- those carnival rides are like floating. <laughs> just a bunch of really dizzy, sick people yeah. flow out of this thing. It doesn't seem realistic. A lot of people who claim to interact with UFOs are stupid. Good point, Fred. Not all of them. but Oh, there was that one book called, uh, it was like Commune. Com- Communion, yeah. Communion book. I think it was tied into the Boston. It was like on every grocery store checkout stand mm-hmm. yeah. when I was a kid. That picture of that alien turned out as a stealth bomber instead. <laughs> stealth bomber crashed into his... Uh, the pilot came in, needed uh, an apple juice. <laughs> 
But that's also like the height of just military spending, I think. Or certainly not the height, I'm sure we're still spending it. But like, it was the last time people believed that a war would be fought with these kinds of manned craft. Now we know that wars will only be fought. People sitting in like a strip mall in Arizona flying remote controlled planes. Right. So I remember when I saw a stealth bomber, not long afterwards, I went to like an air show and they had one sitting like just right there on the runway and you could look at it. I remember uh, thinking, well, that's not so stealth. It's not so hot. I can see it. It's right there. It's not invisible. I don't get it. Put that bullshit on blast. That's a billion dollars wasted right there. Yeah. I'm looking at it. I already oh, found I, it. I expected that you just news, see... Bad news, Uncle Sam. You just see the tires, you know, and then the rest. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's not stupid. It's not Batman's plane. You just... The radar can't see it. That's all. Well, it's not <laughs> Batman. It's Wonder Woman. <laughs> I don't know. Baseball players are superheroes, okay? That's all right. Like two holes in my... I am radar, Brian. <laughs> I forgot that you were radar. On August 28th, an extraordinary event will take place. An event that over half a million people will witness firsthand. And millions of others will experience in their homes. On August 28th, the world will shrink to two and a half inches in diameter. Plus, every Lee denim jean in stock, including the new pepper wash denims, are on sale for only $13 to $24. August 24th, The Equalizer ends its four-year reign on television. Oh, yeah. It starred Edward Woodward. That's not a real name. (laughs) (laughs) As a retired intelligence agent with a mysterious past who uses the skills from his former career to exact justice on behalf of innocent people who are trapped in dangerous circumstances. It says here, no one ever watched this show except Dan and Fed. No. (laughs) It says it right here in black and white. (laughs) I've never heard of this show. What? Come on. You, oh, Brian, you're yeah, missing was out. A, I, he was on an episode of Murder, She Wrote to kind of introduce him, I believe. Oh, Wait, is that, you are, you, are, so are you saying strange. that's a... <laughs> are you saying that's a... Uh, what do you call it? A spinoff? No, you know what I'm thinking of? <laughs> I think there was a weird episode of Murder, She Wrote where there was just like a gray-haired gentleman solving crimes. Oh, I think, right. I think they just thought about doing it. Then, then they were like, no, let's not do that. That sucked. Right, yeah. But that they still w- aired that episode. But that wasn't Edward Woodward. No, but in my mind, just that oh, was. Oh, okay, could have been. No, Edward, so Edward, the equal... Edward, So, listen, this is, I love this show. This is because it showed, like, uh, it took place in New York City in the late 80s, and it just highlighted what the rest of the world thought of New York City back in the day, which is just, like, just burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, burnt out buildings <laughs> and, like, just gangs, like, uh, murdering babies. And, just roaming Central Park, yeah, murdering all all the babies and he would put an ad in the newspaper that just said need help call the equalizer and that's like how he was a retired secret you know now, is he english? agent and he was english yeah and he was like 65 when this played so he was like an old guy yeah and still was willing to fight in slow motion yeah no well so anyways he would help these people who had like these weirdo problems like uh i remember one in particular like yeah there's like a lot of gang issues were going on but like the gangs would be uh you know attacking the help center or something like that what's a help center just a, it was like on the Je- community center. yeah it was like the jeffersons <laughs> wheezy worked at the help center <laughs> So, but he had this move where he would grab someone's pinky and like twist it and that that would bring them down. It's like you just got equalized. Yeah. He's also, he's also big on uh, Uzi. Well, that was oh. huge on Uzi's back then. Yeah. Well, well yeah. So a... his move was he'd grab you by the pinky and then he would shoot you with an Uzi. Yeah. And <laughs> right. together the combination was devastating yeah. to his 
foes. I'll I mean, tell you my. If perce- they didn't get to with a pinky, the <laughs> Uzi was a. My was perception a, of the Uzi is this from uh, from video games: is that if you have an Uzi, you're going to have to shoot someone a lot more times because they're not as powerful, <laughs> right. even though it can shoot a lot more frequently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they are, apparently they always jammed. Not to make light of gun culture. This is not no laughing matter, but. Um, uh, back in no, the equalizer, I think we, we can say it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. Um, yeah. But anyways, the equalizer was a favorite of mine. Which also Stuart Copeland of the Police, uh, the did, drummer, did the soundtrack. Soundtrack. Everything was cracked back. He in made the a real well. mint doing soundtracks. Yeah. So this was one of them. I just know because like you see, the uh, is really highlighted because they're like, oh yeah, this is going to bring viewers in. Yeah, one day we're going to really get into Sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a favorite show I, I would recommend anybody uh, just looking it up on YouTube there's uh, some glorious clips did you see the uh, Denzel Washington movie I have not no I, that's uh, that seems oh they they resurrected this with Denzel Washington like three years ago yeah I did not did you no no I, I it's in, it was in poor taste I feel it was, it was disrespectful they, I think Edward Woodward just died <laughs> and then they're like alright let's do it it's time Five, four, three, two, one. Look, Nick, I'm not going to bullshit you. I don't know you. I don't know your work. But I think that you are a very, very talented young man, and I'm never wrong about it. In September of 1989, by September, you were probably seeing a new and exciting car driving around the mall parking lots. The Geo. The Geo Metro. It included Metro Prism and, of course, my favorite, the Tracker. You guys remember the Tracker? Was it sort of like a... A support utility vehicle, yeah, kind of it was, thing. but mini, like cute, yeah, and yeah. like usually like light purple. That term "sport utility" maybe it's even spawned by these kinds of things, right? Because like the sidekick, the tracker, they're like they didn't nothing. They weren't a jeep because they weren't. It's between a jeep and a van, yeah. right? Like yeah, but they may not may or may not have been four wheel drive. They just like looked like something, and I think. Somebody, I'm sure, will know if this is true or not, but I think there's some like really cynical reason for it because it like it somehow skirts the regulations for either one of those vehicles. It's not a car, it's not a truck, so it's like they didn't have to it's make like it. Nothing. You it's didn't have to get a different license to drive it or something. Well, no, like, or... so like they didn't have to put in like seat belts or something. Yeah, <laughs> they saved a buck. They yeah. emit like poison gas. It's like a, it's closer to a speedboat with wheels. <laughs> Or a, or long, a stealth bomber. Or yeah. stealth bomber. <laughs> yeah. No, so the Geo, they came around and then, they, like, you learn, you see that they, I remember, uh, quickly became, like, driver's ed cars. That's what we used. <laughs> we had a whole bunch of Geos on campus, high school campus. Were they really, really cheap? Was that part yeah, of the I think, Yeah, I think they were cheap. We had a prism for a while, and uh, somebody stole our taillights out of it for some <laughs> that's reason. Weird. Jeez, yeah, it was that's really a, weird. It was a that bummer. Is a really stupid, awful crime. <laughs> it's like a like a meth addict thing to do. <laughs> yeah, they also <laughs> they stole like the Geo Prism logo off the car, like the sticker or whatever that thing is. That was like it's worth it's, something. It cannot be fenced for anything. <laughs> yeah, but it's still like the owner of the car is really upset. Well, yeah. it's just because then you're just left with like a outline of glue <laughs> for the rest of your car's yeah. life yeah no but the taillights was a real that was a bummer yeah because you know we parked it we were on the street and then when like we i saw it we're like what the what the hell you parked it, on the street like where just uh this is in the my old neighborhood in uh carroll gardens and oh i thought you meant when you were like a kid oh no 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 my no we, i had one as an adult well i mean as an as i'll ever get yeah. Yeah, but they were garbage cars, I think. But they for came out people. for garbage people. No, I, I think I remember like 
tooling around in a tracker, uh, like in college. And if you're set, if you had to sit in the back seat of a tracker, the ceiling was like really low on your head. Like you'd have to sit sideways because the your legs didn't fit. It wasn't it was like a fake back seat? Yeah, yeah. And then you so you'd sit sideways, and then you'd have to duck because the ceiling was too low. It's comfortable. I went. I went. We went like on specially a, designed we to went be to, awful for Dan we Millage. Went to a, like a six-hour trip down to the beach once in that. <laughs> you folded up in the back like a yeah, because like, like I didn't call. You know, you had to call something. What did you call? Like shotgun. You, shotgun. Right. See. That's how I called it back then. Your body should really always be aware of it's almost time to call shotgun. Yeah, well, I just thought that was stupid. It is stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it it might be stupid, but it's the rule. Right. You you know, what are you going to deny somebody? I put my finger on my nose. I did my not X. (laughs) I did this. That's nothing. Yeah. That's not it. Yeah, nobody nobody respects that. Well, it meant that I I didn't have to get up because I was sitting on the curb at the time. Anyways, that's my memory of the Geo. Who wants a surprise? I didn't. Could be lunch meat, could be peaches. Who knows? The point is this. Even though it's free, don't mean it's no good. Am I right, princess? 1989, October 6th, Betty Davis, the first lady of American cinema. Mm-hmm. That, sound, that claim sounds dubious. Uh, she dies uh, at 81. She was 81 years old. And of course, I think... When we were a kid, she was most famous for having that song. Betty Davis Eyes by yeah. Kim Carnes. Kim Carnes. I was very aware of the song. I was in no way aware of the actress. I still, I, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a Betty Davis product. Can you, can you give me, like, yeah, what's well, the big I, hit? I, I she think was in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, right? Right. So she was in a movie called I've Whatever Happened it. to Baby Jane with Joan Crawford. And they, play, it's a, that's a great movie. It's a... They, they're both crazy. They hate each other. One's uh, in a wheelchair. The other one's taking care of her. Um, but the movie that was... The only reason I know anything yeah. about Joan Crawford is from Mommy Dearest. Mm-hmm. Which is a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, yeah. That, that's an amazing movie that I, I watched quite a bit on Cinemax when I was a kid. <laughs> when I was a little kid struggling with my sexuality, I guess. Was <laughs> Cinemax. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mommy it was Dearest. Me and all the and gay Xanadu. men were like, yeah. <laughs> Mommy exactly. Dearest, Xanadu, and Ski School too. <laughs> Eventually, Ski School won out with right. Young Brian. But. Um, no, what the big Betty Davis movie in our era was The Watcher in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't the know Disney that thing? Is. Yeah, it was like a Disney totally. horror movie. Yeah, and, sounds uh, familiar. But... Yeah, she... So, I think the gist of it is, is like, a, there's an old... No, there's an American family. For some reason, they inherit a house in ye old England, countryside, and they go there, and there's this old lady that lives in the countryside, in the guest house, that's uh, Betty Davis. And just her presence there is terrifying, because she's, by this age, I think she was only 60 or something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> lifelong, lifelong... Lifelong smoker. Smoker. I remember, booze yeah. hound, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm the watcher in the woods, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she lived next door and that was just that was just it they there was a crazy neighbor no she had a daughter that had disappeared years ago and uh it's all coming back because of the equinox and the lunar new year and uh and the teenage girl sort of switches bodies oh. all this sort of stuff there was uh, a lot there were that. a lot of triangles 
mystic triangles in this movie. Yeah. A lot I mean, of breaking mirrors. It's been said before, but there was a lot of people switching bodies and minds in this time. Yeah. Uh, big Freaky Friday, yeah. that sort of thing. Oh, well, it was big. And then it was like the big... Big, uh, is, big he, he just got... He's an adult. Yeah, right. Vi- no, that vice versa. Yeah, yeah, vice versa. See Thomas Howell. That's with uh, Kevin Arnold and... Uh, right? Is that Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. And uh, Prelude to a Kiss. Yeah. The Meg Ryan, where she, she oh, yeah. chooses to become an old man inexplicably. Right. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I saw that in the theaters. I was a teenager. I saw that in a... Where there someone working at the movie theater? Or like, no. You're like, let's check it out. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't... Yeah, why I went to see that... Just before you went to the Mel Torme concert later. <laughs> well, it was just like... <laughs> a 15-year-old Why? <laughs> yeah, why would I go... Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. It was like, yeah, one of those movies. I went to a lot of those movies. They were like... I look back now. I know it's just bad, but uh, so yeah, Betty Davis. She had those eyes. What did you? What did that mean to you, Betty Davis eyes? Oh, I had no idea. You know, it was like we. I think we talked about before that song "One Night in Bangkok," Mm -hmm. which I absolutely loved when I was like nine. Yeah, I had no fucking idea what that song was about. I, you know, well, because if someone had told you, oh, it's from the chess musical, you'd be like, that makes less sense to me. I heard that in college. Like, but I, I didn't, you know, when you're a kid, you often don't understand what's going on. Like, right. adult, adult things are, are just... But I, I'm surprised you didn't know the that there was an actor named Betty Davis. You just thought it was just some woman that had crazy eyes, red eyes. Well, I think I investigated a little bit, and I was like, I don't think her eyes are all that. You asked around. Yeah, I was like, what's the deal with her eyes? And my mom was like, she, she was a bitch. <laughs> I wouldn't give you a dime for that washed up old bit. <laughs> Wait, what did, Fra- what did Frank Sinatra say about... That is the Frank Sinatra quote about uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. He okay. said, I wouldn't give you a dime for those two washed up bitches. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's move on. Get up! I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I'm on a roll. What's the matter with you? In November of 1989, it seemed like, this doesn't seem, it seemed like it must have happened earlier, but I guess this is when it happened. Uh, National Basketball Association, NBA and NBC reaches an agreement on a four-year deal to, for NBC to air the NBA. Why does anybody care about this? Well, because it led to the creation of the famous John Tesh song, Round Ball Rock. And if you don't know it by name, you know it by... Yeah. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, Brian was looking at us with scorn. No, just... And then the eyebrow popped up. I do know that. It arrived late, but when it got there, it was there. It was the theme of, like, 1990s, the entire 90s. What's it called? Round Ball what? Apparently, it's called Round Ball Rock. And John Tesh, who is the host, was the host of entertainment uh tonight uh and is known for having he's a big frankensteinian guy with just like he's all forehead and his large head i love that song man got me amped up for the bulls you watch the bulls on tv yeah do they not use that anymore no because i've not watched uh, a game so abc or some other channel took over for nbc after you know sometime in the 2000s and uh john tash called them up and like you can still use this song and they're like they said no thanks really yeah. Jeez. Right? That's why nobody watches the NBA today. Yeah. Because that, 
that turned their back on the game. That got people because they felt bad for John Tesh. Yeah, he got a raw deal. I think a lot of people when the ABC aired their first game, people stood up and turned their backs on the television and yeah. unmuted it. And that's the year when John Tesh got the Nobel Prize for basketball music, right? <laughs> <laughs> for basketball music, yeah. yeah. No, I think you want to get a Pulitzer the for that. Sweet yeah. Georgia Brown <laughs> and the Shaq song. Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to pass it? <laughs> well, no, every Shaq song ever <laughs> yeah, got, got the Pulitzer out. Prize for basketball music. Yeah, so that was a big deal because uh, that certainly was like a, a soundtrack to, I don't know, I just remember hearing that all the time. <laughs> that, was a, that was a huge time for the NBA, I feel like. because right, yeah, uh, Jordan ball. One, because I was watching it then. <laughs> right. So, so, so they didn't even know how huge that two, was. the world revolves around me. Yeah, I no, just spent the whole weekend watching basketball it didn't feel right did it you're like something's wrong i was like where's where's larry bird or like why doesn't fed care (laughs) you could just feel that fed's interest is gone why is fed's back still turned to the television (laughs) with his headphone just playing another song sure they should just do that just as great as basketball is today it would be so much better absolutely yeah. You know, Sean Kemp could never palm the ball. Who are you guys? What yeah, you... I heard that. He was the first guy drafted out of high school, though. Yeah, he had to, he had to like, cuff it. So every yeah. time he dunked, he was, like, had his whole elbow above the rim. Should we just yeah. start a sports show? People might like it. He only had one finger, though. <laughs> he did. Yeah. That's really yeah. heroic. Yeah. One finger. Pistol yeah. Pete Maravich was missing a chamber to his heart. Right, I know. That's <laughs> astonishing. It really is. Yeah. Scotty Pippen... He was a cyclops. He only had one eye. It was amazing that he even he had the had depth perception to play the yeah, game. because the eye was under his chin. It didn't even make any sense. Nobody but... ever even talked about it just because they were so polite. Scotty Pippen was a cyclops. Yeah. The 90s were a more polite time. It's... A round ball rock made you forget a lot of things. Remember, J- Jason Kidd blinded him in that cave and was able to escape him <laughs> by crawling out on the underside. It was fed him a sheep dipped in uh, yeah, sleeping potion. Man, so yeah, so you're you're saying that the NBA maybe got away with a lot of sins because of Round Ball Rock, just well, like diverted our attention away from uh, John Stockton. He had no arms. That's, that's, not, that's not a sin to have a disability, Dan. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. Uh, well, it does indicate uh, God's disfavor. <laughs> It's not a sin, but it's not it's, great. I didn't say having an arm, having no arms. It's not a sin. And I didn't say even having no arms is a disability. Why is having no arms just, a, a disability? Just different, you have a different number of arms than many other people. <laughs> right, some people have four arms. Okay, now we're getting serious. November 9th, the fall of the Berlin Wall. They accidentally uh, uh, announced uh, over the air that new rules for traveling from East Germany to West Germany will be put into effect immediately, which was not actually the case. The way people reacted was by tearing down the Berlin Wall. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, so East Germany opens checkpoints into the Berlin Wall, allowing its citizens to travel freely to West Germany for the first time in decades. And then uh, by November 17th, the wall had been torn down. This is all the year of perestroika. Exactly. Is it? That's the, that's the big headline from 1989. Okay. It's like all of Eastern Europe rose up. Poland, Czechoslovakia, uh, Germany. I just all, have all the a old vague Soviet recollection states. of like you, you saw some on the news, but mostly you saw like McDonald's commercials celebrating it. Right. Probably because they were like going to just take over the whole motherfucking world. A lot of people talking about blue jeans yeah. being currency. 
Right. <laughs> it was like the Bitcoin. Yeah, you could you could travel to Eastern Europe with a backpack full of blue jeans, become right. a millionaire. Become a millionaire. By the way, the first McDonald's in the USSR opened on May third of nineteen eighty nine. Interesting. See? Little known fact. Yeah, I th- I just vaguely remember like a commercial for McDonald's where they had the like the Yakov Smirnoff hats. Right. <laughs> it's probably not the right term. Dan got most of his news <laughs> from McDonald's commercials yeah, in this and, period. And Yakov Smirnoff. Uh, <laughs> and, Genesis songs. Yeah, so that was a big deal. Yeah, history ended. What was that? Was history over by then? No, nope. not according to not, Jesus not, Jones. Not quite yet. Later on, would say right here, right now, watching the world wake up in history. Okay, so we're done with history. It's <laughs> Uto. It's Tomorrowland we live in now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the time machine! It's happening! Holy shit! Look at the time machine. Who is this? Well, yeah, I'm just coming to talk to you guys about what it was like when you took down the wall in Berlin. Hi. Yeah, so you guys are talking about 1989? Yes. Well, that's a super year for me because, you know, I'm from, originally from East Berlin. Okay. And when when I was there when they began taking down the wall. Now, what I just heard was there was a, when they took down the wall, it was a miscommunication and then all hell broke loose. Yes, we thought the wall was coming alive. Oh, there <laughs> that's was not what I someone heard, but... had begun a rumor that the wall had, was going to become a kind of dragon, mm-hmm. and there was a prophecy that it would wake up. And so we thought we'd better kill this thing now. So we began taking shovels and picks and axes and destroying it. Like where were you? Like were you right next to the wall? Where where were you? Yeah, we were a giant mushroom party at the Platzdammer Platz. <laughs> Starting to make some sense. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out it wasn't. It was just a wall. There was it couldn't have ever become a dragon because it's not possible. But yeah. So which side of the wall were you on? I was from the east. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a lot of psychedelic mushroom that we had to eat. But you had to eat? Yeah, because the it was, Stasi would give you the, the, the like <laughs> But you wouldn't know because you would be talking with a friend at a cafe uh having a water coffee and someone puts a mushroom in your drink and then you're tripping bad and uh-huh. so you don't know what is happening what is what you know what a water coffee is it's like mean? um no. if it's hot water but it's it's it, um, they no, tell you no, it's coffee no coffee is in it it's okay a glass of hot water. <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> we had to make do with very little. Sometimes an so. air, aeroplane with chocolate would come by, otherwise nothing. But what, the airplane would drop the chocolate? It would shoot the plane down. Oh. And we'd pull a chocolate bar off to people's bodies. Oh. Yeah, because I, I, there, there's other things besides chocolate on the plane. Yeah, we'd down a whole plane and maybe they'd have like a Kit Kat on board or that sort of thing. Yeah, because we would sim- discard everything else. We were simply mad for these things, the Rolos, the Kit Kats. Yeah. Your Snickers was good to us. What about the jeans? Did you have jeans in East Berlin? I, we always hear a, like a Russian. We thing. heard anyone would like sell his mother for a pair of Levi's. Well, yeah, to have a good pair of blue jeans was very special. So you'd have like a pair of 501s or something that mm. you maybe were gifted from a relative or someone had managed to come over. People would come from the West, you know, and they'd, they'd bring items for us. So they would barter with us, but they would maybe... Some, some of them would even want the mushrooms. We'd give them the mushrooms and give us the pants. We'd wear them. But why were why did you why were you so crazy about Levi's? Like why jeans? Like who cares? I mean pants. We loved we wanted pants. Oh, just, just pants. walking around yeah. with their balls hanging out. Oh. It was extremely cool. free balling. Yeah, well we didn't call it free balling. We called it just balling because there was no <laughs> alternative to it. Oh. 
There's no freedom at all. There's, there's no freedom. There was very little freedom. Yeah, there. everything was monitored. Everything people, was watched. People were informing on you at the drop of a hat. Neighbors spying on neighbors. So if you had pants, people, you would get in trouble. Well, you, you would be putting on airs. Oh. pants. You'd, oh. you'd, you'd wear your, to be an enemy of the state. You'd wear but... your pants inside, like, a, but perhaps one might watch a wrestling program. Right. Alone in a room, dancing with your jean trousers, because if you were to wear on the street, you would be reported to Stasi. Oh, I see. So yeah, it was it was it was against the rules. It was against society, immoral, but illegal. It was not to be done. Immoral and illegal, the same. No, they're different. So oh. but there were so many non freedoms. We could not do what we wanted to do. We couldn't listen to the music we wanted. What kind of music did were you like? What did you think was out there? We, we Steely heard Dan, of, maybe. We heard of Steely Dan. We thought it was beautiful. This guy, we, yeah. we imagined a giant metal man playing a wonderful song. Yeah, Wang yeah. Chung. Sure, we'd, we'd heard of Wang Chung. That was we thought he was some kind of god. When they said everybody Wang Chung, well, to us because we were so used to this you know, police state. We felt we had to Wang Chung. <laughs> so like we did command. Wang Chung. We, we, did, we looked at each other and said, what is to Wang Chung? I don't want to get in trouble. So we <laughs> imagined what to Wang Chung was. and What was it? We were just flailing it around. like <laughs> With loudspeakers. Yeah. Did, everybody Wang Chung. <laughs> we just got it. Everybody will Wang Chung tonight. <laughs> and then we do it because we don't know any yeah, trouble. But you didn't know what you were doing. No. So I, I, There's no definition. That's not fair. But then again, like the mushrooms and the dragon... Turns out it was, we did not need to Wang Chung. <laughs> it's always optional to Wang Chung. Yeah. Well, no, because in the song itself says everybody Wang Chung tonight. There's no like, if you it, want it to. Sounds, yeah. yeah. It sounds like an order. Yeah. Like in, coming from your, where you're coming from. Yeah, this just is just, do it. This is exposing your point of view. Like as an American, yeah. we're like, well, that's not, we don't have to. We, we but also, you were saying, no, yeah. we must. We were told to, at one point, everyone walked a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> and we did that because we thought Don was would kill us. Yeah. So how did you walk a dinosaur? Well, we would just swing as if we had a giant tail. Oh, you were like, as a dinosaur, you were walking as if you were dinosaurs, not... Well, what we what were we to have done? Like walk a dog. And <laughs> what were we to have done? We had nothing. We had nothing. We had no chocolate. We had no pants. We had nothing. <laughs> No they freedom. had neither chocolate nor pants. <laughs> so the wall is down. You're picking down the wall. From my understanding, how come you're not shot at this point? Like, why weren't people shooting at you? Like, I when I saw the movie of the week about Nadia Comaneci, and she snuck out of Romania, that I remember... This is probably wrong. I don't know. Maybe you should ask her because her. I was not in Romania. Okay. <laughs> I know it's different, but there was like the whole, you know, escaping out. Do we all look alike to you as well? It's <laughs> offensive. Slightly. Thing. Well, uh, well. Was it not odd to you that they weren't shooting at you? Like the guards that were like usually guarding a wall. No, well, these guys, they didn't even have bullets in their guns, it turned out. So oh. they were going, they were, they had the rifles, yeah? uh-huh. so they would point it at you and they'd make a, it turns out they're making like a sound with their mouth. <laughs> and because you were so accustomed to doing as you were told, when you heard yeah. the sound, you assumed you'd been shot. So you are like, and then you fall down. Right. And frequently people were so terrified they had a heart attack and died. Right, or they had a hole through them. Or like a laser beam, like a bing. like a psychosomatic hole. Yeah, yeah, that happens, you know. <laughs> if you think you have a hole in your body, you can get a hole there. Yeah, sometimes I think that it's in my soul. When you're wing chunging. Yeah, you're picking and axing. Where did you get all these picks and axes and all that stuff and hammers? We lived in homes that were made mainly from pounding 
plowshares into homes. Okay. <laughs> wow. So, that was really bad. In East Berlin, yeah. Yeah. no less. Yeah. Okay. So we had, they had began as swords and they put them into plowshares and they made them into homes. There was more freedom, certainly, after the wall comes down in some ways, but now this was more restrictive. This art, in a way, was an Eden living behind a wall because we were creating as we saw fit to do. We were um, artists in the purest form of the, the, the term. So yeah. So then, so when the, you broke down the wall, yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden the West it, it ruined, ruined everything, right? Because they did not appreciate our own my form of art, which was arson at the time, <laughs> where I was. So say that again. Uh, I was burning down buildings as my art. It was a project okay. I had begun. I thought that might have been a problem with translation. Right. It no, no. Sound like it. Yeah. Arson is like when you're burning down a building. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, we. Yeah. But then. Anyway, so like in a lot of ways, it well, was... Well, can you not, first of all, can you not arson us? Yeah, I'm not going to blame you. It'd be great no. if there was no arson in my, in my house. I'm not so, a yeah. lunatic. I'm not trying to burn people alive. I just want to burn up buildings, you know? Okay. Something's good, something's bad after the fall of the wall. The good thing was, you know, get more goods. Bad thing was I could not make any more fires because it was not respected as an art form. Otherwise. Right. Yeah, see, we think it is just like a bad thing. Yeah. Well, what I hear is is that the, the tumbling of the wall... Didn't work out so well for you. Uh, you're still struggling to find your way after arson was taken away from you. I just, I don't know what the lesson is here for, you know, for us Americans, you know, we are always looking for, I think it's I, like the self-help, we were like the self-help people, you know, like something we can always fix ourselves in some way and something is always better and we can make it better in some way. And that's what we're, you know. Try, always striving for to be better and to find the thing that's going to do the thing. It's not there. Well, folks. It, it, it ain't there. Well, but it sounds like it's been a little bit harder road for East Berliner arson artists. You've got to let go and let God. Let go and let God. What's that mean? Just let it, let the works happen, man. <laughs> Time machine, I guess he's going. December 2nd, the last two Japanese World War II holdout troops surrender. That is So amazing. that's the day. That was the end of World War II. <laughs> what, what is a troop? Is a it troop? a human being? Yes. This is a, yeah. Okay, so two, there are two troops. They were holding out where? Some I think tiny like, island in the Pacific. Yeah. But it was just two of them? It was that tiny? I would guess we were Was it like separate. a cartoon island where it's like the guy in the coconut tree? I would guess some negotiations about something like this. These are a list of our demands. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> well, how how old were they? Still, they probably like it could be sixty if they were twenty when they joined. Oh, that's true. Okay. No, it would that's have been good more. math. Would, but... No, they would have been okay. They're more like uh, you know. Either way, that's 70. I mean, they you know they played they did that a lot on Gilligan's Island episodes where they they it was had, a meme. Yeah, yeah there's a, like a meme, but still, 1989. That's a long time. And what what do you think they were thinking? Like, but you know, did they just not know that the war was over? It right? was for a good cause. I bet they and had. It was all true. worth it. It turned out they were right. Yeah, the end, but... yeah, the trade problem. I bet they had <laughs> issues. Yeah, I bet they so, already were kind of messed up. Right? Maybe they were. Do you think that they just were found and they're like, did they send a letter? How did they formally surrender? They surrendered? They surrendered. To who? I think the Japanese government. Yeah. So they knew these two were out there. That's yes. fascinating to me. So supposedly the uh, was, devotion was to Was Amelia the Emperor... Earhart involved in any way? Was she still out there too? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, okay. The three of them were uh, oh, just, just shacking up. Living yeah. the life. It was like a Robinson Crusoe. That's thing. If I if I found myself on an island with somebody I loved, right? I think you kind of nailed it. Yeah, and I would be like, I'm not going to surrender because this I, is, I'm I in have, heaven. I have work that's important to me. We got yeah. all the taro root we need. Yeah. Assume or the coconuts. Yeah. Do you think they lived on rations the entire time? No. I think it probably got a little tight. <laughs> I mean, like, I doubt they like. Maybe drunk. I, I doubt they had like That's monkey so butlers and like <laughs> you know like their own irrigation systems or really yeah they, you don't think they were Chris, racing ostriches you know, by 1989 they could have been like camped out behind a circle K right <laughs> like, like, okay, oh do you what? think it's one of those things where like the whole civilization got built up around them right. and they still have like their <laughs> knives like at the ready right they're like sitting like they're back to back they've each got know? like one cartridge for their 1948 <laughs> rifles and like, yeah yeah that's amazing and they finally were brought in because was like look you guys don't know what doritos are <laughs> but there's now cool ranch ones they're gonna make the original doritos seem like garbage all right so that was that was december we finished 1989 so uh Let's start. We we were supposed to review these years, which I think it means give a give it a rating, and I'm gonna go with a solid check for 1989. Brian. Could you explain your rating system? Check is complete. Got check plus, which is you know is like an extra bonus, like it, it did a little bit extra, and a check minus, which is probably most years. But I'm gonna go with 80, 89. I'm gonna say check. I'm gonna uh, go on a scale fist stick knife gun. I'm gonna go knife <laughs> knife. Fed was knife, Brian. 1989. So I'm gonna give 1989 uh, a 0.0. Really? Yeah. Now, you're talking about the year, not the episode that our listeners just listened to. The the episode that our listeners just listened to, I'd give like a one. I think this was the best episode yet so uh, on that note now that we've uh, rated the year we'd just like to thank everybody for listening and uh, be sure to go find us on iTunes if you're not there and uh, rate us and subscribe or subscribe anywhere you are listening that really helps us out it's probably iTunes let's be and honest it's probably it. iTunes or yeah. Stitcher Overcast we're everywhere you can find us on Facebook you Google can find, Play you can find us on google play instagram twitter and if you want to reach us by email for any reason our email is podcast at year of the week.com excellent have Try a good it. night folks thanks for listening <laughs>5th, the Dalai Lama wins the Nobel Peace Prize. David. That's probably when uh, Richard Gere got all jizzed up about, you know, yeah, the bet. Yeah. Probably, like, reading People magazine or right. something in the barber's office. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, hey. Probably right before the interview, he was reading a People, and he's like, oh, guess what? I'm this, too. <laughs> I'm this, too. <laughs> <laughs> this thing you've heard about? That's also me. <laughs>